Professor Brain Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. But do you think that um, meeting different people and being mm-hmm. with them closely for over a, a, a period of time mm-hmm. makes you the way you think different compared to just knowing about certain people? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, you know, all of a sudden your mind is expanding, you know, because... Um, you i mean there's so many things you don't realize i mean yeah you know i really felt i grew a lot and my i got to know so many realities i had no idea about you know Mm. from you know from simple things to more complex things but um i think we you know listening to different perspectives um which of course you can have different perspectives in the same country for example of course you do have them but Mm. still there's something more about when you actually go abroad you know because yeah you're still in a bubble in a way Mm. um and all of a sudden i was exposed to people yeah from many different places thinking in many different ways and having dealing with things in a different way as well and and so that was that was super enriching yes and i you know i think everyone should go abroad and live abroad once in their lives yeah Mm, yeah um would you want to talk about what you did for your masters Mm -hmm. um so I studied biomedicine. Um, I also joined the lab early on, um, in you know, in my free time, mm. um, and there I was looking into um, the p fifty three family of proteins. So p fifty three mm. is a key protein in in cancer, uh, mm-hmm. that is often mutated, and uh, and so I was. Um, yeah, I was looking into some um, how different members of that family contributed more or less to um, to certain cancer responses with our cell lines, mm. um, and so yeah, that was. Then eventually, the project transitioned a bit into um, uh, less cancer-like and more into iPS cells. Uh, so induced pluripotency, uh, induced pluripotent stem cells, mm. uh, which we were differentiating into more neuronal lineages. 
And so I was still working with the same proteins, so P P53, P63, and P73. <laughs> but um, but now looking at their role in uh, in this differentiation, because there was there was already some studies suggesting that these proteins would be involved in like um, cell fate determination during neuronal differentiation you know whether you would get more neurons or, or mm-hmm. glial cells for example and mm-hmm. so yeah so i was i was looking into that um while i was in stockholm yes um yeah no it was it was it was great i mean as as an educational system i also really enjoyed it mm-hmm. um there's very it's not hierarchical at all so everyone mm-hmm. calls their professors by their first name <laughs> which mm-hmm. took me a while to get used to um, wow. okay <laughs> where you mm-hmm. you you came from like um yeah. portugal and france is this it's hierarchical well you would always call the professors you know you would you could use their first names but you would always use the title as well you know okay um or you know in france it's more common that you would use people's um surnames um, okay yeah but this was new like okay tell me about that transition okay i know we would not ask <laughs> this but i'd like to know that transition of getting used uh-huh. to using titles and mm-hmm. in a place now, you, you find people are not actually not using titles at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't have to go through the transition of using titles because it's, you know, that was the baseline. Let's say in Portugal, yeah. people like titles a lot, too yeah. much, and um, and so you just grow up in that sort of you know yeah. mindset. So mm-hmm. you just use them naturally. Let's say. Um, Yeah, and then suddenly, you know, and in France, it was not much different from Portugal. Mm. But then suddenly in in Stockholm, Mm. yeah, you know, I I would hear my Swedish colleagues calling the professors by their first name. Mm. Um, Yeah, did I ever get used to it? I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, um, yeah. You don't you don't always have to use people's names, right, to, to talk to them. So I think uh, um, you avoid yeah. you avoid <laughs> probably <laughs> I think I avoided most of the time, yes, yes, I think so. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean not now, not anymore, you know. But um, then but back then I was still um, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, but they were yeah they were very open not only with this thing with the names but uh you know at the end of the year they would get mm. feedback from us on how the courses went and mm. they would implement changes the year after already for the new mm. students you know mm. it was it was quite a, it was quite refreshing as well because mm. you know that's something else i didn't like back in lisbon that you know it felt so, so stuck in old ways you know mm. uh, i hope it's different now I don't know. It's it's been fifteen years, as I said. So yeah. yeah, I hope it hope it changed a bit. Yeah. Okay. Now you're done with your masters. Um, mm-hmm. What makes you think? Of course, that was a plan to go into PhD. But did you ever, at mm-hmm. any point, think of not proceeding? 
not proceeding to a PhD. Yeah. Mm, not really, in the sense that things were happening, you know, and I was excited and I was enjoying them, so I would go along, mm. you know. So when I left Paris for the masters, mm. uh, the lab where I did my internship, um, one of my supervisors was a, an MD, a, med a medical doctor, mm. and she and she told me, you know, it's great you go to Stockholm, Raphael, to learn more, etc. And then you should come back and do a PhD with me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I always had, in, and I really liked her, and I still do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and so I. I had this idea in my head that, you know, I was going to You're Stockholm, going but I would eventually come back to Paris. Yes. Mm. Um, but then when it was time to come back to Paris, mm. um, she hadn't managed to set up her own lab. Mm. And, and so she couldn't take me as a PhD student. Mm. Um, and she, she even came to Stockholm for a conference. So we actually even met in Stockholm mm. as well. And we talked about these. And back then she, you know, she, she suggested me two other labs in Paris where she thought, you know, I would, that I would probably enjoy working. Mm. Um, and one of them I already knew from my time in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I knew what they did and I, I felt it was quite, exotic in a way <laughs> so it was a lab that works on a process called x chromosome inactivation uh -huh. i don't know if you heard about it sarah no 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 you so... can hear that response <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like okay so why would you inactivate x chromosomes <laughs> that's what yes, i'm thinking exactly. in my head yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good question. Yeah, why do you inactivate X chromosomes? And the so the answer is um, so in mammals, um, you know, the sex is determined with sex chromosomes. So yes. X Y, you know, um, develops yeah X Y and X X exactly. Okay. And so these mean that X X and X Y individuals have a different dosage of their X chromosomes, okay. right? There's a double dose in XX. Yes. And so, and so, yeah, so this process of inactivation evolved to equalize the dosage between XX and XY. Uh, so, in XX mammals, during mm -hmm. development, one of their X chromosomes is inactivated. Um, normally. Normally, yeah, exactly. Normally, ah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and this is the case for humans, mouse, or oh, at rabbits. random. Yeah, mm -hmm. right? at random. Exactly. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think exactly. I that. Mm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. At random, you know. And I back then I thought, wow, you know, there's a lab working on this. I mean, nowadays I know there's many labs working on this process, mm -hmm. but back then, you know, I just thought, wow, um, it sounded, you know, very interesting exotic in a way to me mm. and uh yeah i was i was curious and and so i took the opportunity that i i traveled to paris to visit a friend while i was you know still studying in stockholm mm -hmm. and and so i talked to some people who worked in this lab mm. 
and I was actually, yeah, in a, I went to a seminar where one of the PhD students in that lab was presenting mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And, and, and everyone I talked to would tell me, you know, oh, the PI of that lab, she's, she's amazing. You know, she's an amazing scientist, but she's also an amazing uh, human being. Stop. And mm-hmm. Stop. Stop right there. <laughs> why, why is it important mm-hmm. to know how the PI is about a certain lab, of a certain lab? Uh-huh. It, it is... It's not important. It's essential. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is very important because Mm. unfortunately we know that, you know, um, there's many labs where people are not really happy. They're not treated well or they're not cared for. Mm. And and I knew from very early on, I Mm. still do, that... Mm. You know, for me, it was very important. The the human interactions are very important. And mm-hmm. so, you know, working in a lab with people that I don't connect with yeah. on a more personal level. I mean, we don't have to become, you know, very close friends. But, yeah. but, but I still like to connect to people to some extent, you know, to find some common ground. Mm. And, and so... I think this is yeah this is very important so so in, in that sense it was for me very important as well to understand how the pi was as as mm. a person as well mm. mm-hmm. and so indeed to know that you know people enjoyed working there it was a nice environment mm. and so that was yeah that was sort of attractive okay. for me <laughs> all right so let's go back <laughs> <laughs> yeah please interrupt me whenever you know okay um, yeah so yeah so then you know so so, mm -hmm. you found out about you're trying to find out about this lab and you found out that exactly pi is nice Mm. exactly and so i was you know all around i would just hear good things about this lab and this uh group leader and so I thought, well, you know, and, and then, you know, that, that MD who was my mentor before, she told me, well, but, you know, if you want to join her lab, mm-hmm. you should not take too long because, you know, it's, um, they might not have a place for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I thought, well, okay, then I try my luck, you know, and, uh, and so I wrote to, to this, um, to this group leader, uh, mm-hmm. her name is Edith, mm-hmm. um, and so I wrote to Edith and <laughs> it was very funny. I mean, I remember I was impressed because, you know, I, I wrote to her in an evening and mm. then the next morning I already mm. had an answer. An and email. From... An email. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. I ha- Yeah. So, you know, I had sent her an email explaining that I would like to come to the lab, not for mm. a PhD immediately, but to first uh, to actually do my final master project there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be like five months in the lab, mm. um, which I thought was also good, you know, because then I could try for five months yeah. Yeah. working there and mm. before deciding whether I really want to stay there for a PhD. Um, Wait, you could do that. Like you can easily like ask someone if you can come to their lab and use their resources to finish your own project. 
that you had started uh, in another lab? Yeah, no, so it was a new project. It was a new project. So um Oh, you hadn't started the project yet. No. So in oh, Stockholm, okay. yeah. So as part as part of the master's thesis as part of the master's, um I had to do two internships. Mm. So I did one in Stockholm and then mm. for the second one I thought I would try this lab in Paris. Okay. Mm. All right, okay. And now I get uh uh-huh. yeah. yeah, no, sorry, I didn't explain. It's um, okay. <laughs> And so, um, no, it's because for <laughs> us, a master's, yeah. you do a project. Okay, you do the coursework, then you do the project. There's a project here, and you have to mm-hmm. publish uh, your work uh-huh. as a master's student. So there's, oh, wow. you you have to write a project worth one year, mm-hmm. and do do it. So I was wondering, how is it that you can easily transfer from yeah. one lab to another in between a project? Um, I anyway. see. Okay. No, I uh-huh. see. Actually, yeah, that's a similar system to what we have in Portugal, for example, mm. actually. So the master's programs there, the first year you only have subjects, and then the second mm. year you have, you're in, you have a project of one year, mm. which, which okay. is quite nice in a way because then, you know, you're for a long time in the lab, right? Yeah. Um but in, in, in Stockholm and also in Paris the mm. the master programs looked different. So in the first year you have subjects but you also have a small internship. Mm-hmm. And then in the second year the same subjects again and a bit of a longer internship, which is then what you write your master thesis on, but it's mm. really on like five months of experimental work. But you don't have to you don't have to publish, right? You don't have to publish. No, no, no. That would be very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, okay. We don't uh-huh. have to publish. Yeah. All right. So you've you've written to this lady, and she yes. replies the next day. Yes, wow. and she replies the next day, mm-hmm. and she told me like, um, "Yes, I'd be interested uh, skyping with you, mm-hmm. but." We have to do it in two weeks because right now I'm leaving with my lab for a lab retreat. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I thought, you know, wow, this is a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, she's, you know, if they go on lab retreats, then I want to be part of this lab. That's, as well. yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, that's a that's a nice invitation. As in that you can't say no. Can you say no? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can you even you rethink? Hey. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um no, so um yeah. Yeah, so then we talked and I actually when I um so I knew she had some projects linking X chromosome inactivation and cancer. And so mm-hmm. since I had been, you know, studying cancer, cancer. and working on cancer, I, you know, when I wrote to her, I mentioned that because I also thought, you know, it would make my application a bit stronger because that was what I w- had been studying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we talked over Skype, she told me, well, actually, I would be interested for you to to join my lab but i don't have cancer projects at the moment they mm. you know i have enough people working on the cancer projects mm. 
-hmm. and instead I have this other project mm -hmm. um, which was about um, uh, which was about gene regulation really in terms of X inactivation and mm -hmm. so understanding the how the organization of the X chromosome could mm -hmm. influence the regulation of its genes during this process um, and to be honest I was quite fascinated about it would also involve a lot of genomic engineering mm -hmm. um, which I also thought would be cool because you know it linked kind of to what I told you before in that I like to um, you know we have a question and then we can really test it and so I always felt like with these genetic tools we can really test things um, do you want to say what genomic engineering is in brief <laughs> yes um, so means that we can modify the DNA at will mm -hmm. um, so we could you know delete parts of genes or um, or even parts of the DNA that are outside of the genes and and so we could delete certain DNA sequences or we could invert them or yeah or mutate them and then check what sort of effects that would have in um, in the cells and in the embryos. <laughs> yeah, mm. it is. Yeah, yeah. It was a mm. lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I did stay for the PhD in that lab because I, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yes. Okay, so you—that's what you did for your PhD. Yes, I worked on X chromosome inactivation, indeed, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, using both mouse embryos and mouse embryonic stem cells. Mm 